Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Hmm. So today is the twelfth, twelfth of July. Already past the midway of uh, the year, and uh, this is already past. This is coming to the middle of the month already. So, hope everybody is keeping well. Uh, today, today we have a topic. It's called the four reliance. Yeah, the four reliance. Um, so, the, some of you may be familiar. Uh, in Buddhism. In order for a person uh, like uh, so, the Buddha talk about um, the four noble truth, the eightfold path. Yeah. Um, but how do we relate to the teachings? Yeah. How do we? How can we be sure uh, of the teachings? So. Um, the Buddha said that uh, in this world, so there are some things that you can depend on, some things that uh, you shouldn't be depending on. Uh, so this four uh, is actually quite, um, quite, uh, quite commonly taught. Yeah, uh, it pertains to uh, the way we relate to the teacher, the teachings, yeah, and the practice itself. Uh, the teachings mainly. So. Let's uh, let's take a look, and then also perhaps we can see how that um, that can perhaps be applied to uh, our day-to-day -day as well in other aspects. Uh, so let's switch to the whiteboard. Itself is called the Si Yi. So what are these four? Yeah. Um, the first one Eva 
布依人。Chinese, then I'm going to explain. Uh, but before I do that, let me just check out the messages to see whether there's anything that I'm, whether the video is working. Uh, okay. Mm, looks good. If a Buyiren, E E, Buyiren, Okay, so this four, known as the four reliance, what are they? Let me just shift this a bit. Oops. So the first one, if a Buyiren. So, uh, first of all, the word e. Uh, here I'm loosely I'm translating to as to rely. Uh, so, uh, the noun is uh, reliance. Uh, to rely on. Is this how you spell rely? Rely on you. Yeah. So um, to depend on something, to rely on something, yeah. Uh, uh, so here it says uh, rely on the teachings, yeah, on the Dharma, not on the person. This is the, I'm going to use the black color to write. So, oops, this is very thick. So, rely on the Dharma. And not on the person. So, um, 
this is very interesting because in uh, especially for religion many times in religion uh, the the teacher or the uh, leader of the group is very charismatic and so it tends to be uh, faith tend to be dependent on a person yeah so we tend to develop faith on people um, and so especially in the Buddha's time yeah, and I believe it, even in in the in today's society yeah uh, people tend to hinge on people yeah um, to to be rational then we say well uh, not simply because of the person yeah but what, what does it mean by rely on the Dharma yeah um, and not on the person because after all um, the person in this case the teacher is the one who expounds the Dharma isn't it yeah so it, so the first statement uh, we usually learn it as depend on the teachings not on the person right or on so the word Dharma here can refer to the Buddha Dharma can refer to the teachings so uh, refer to the teachings of the Buddha Dharma yeah so why uh, here when it says rely on the Dharma and not on the, on the person uh, on the surface it basically means don't it may seem like you cannot trust the person yeah. um, and on the other hand since the Dharma is taught by the person then if you don't trust the person then how can you trust the Dharma yeah. uh, many times we don't necessarily ask the second question uh, but there's this issue here right yeah. and if you think in that way then so what should we do if you cannot rely on a person then but to rely on a Dharma and if the Dharma is taught by the person then how mm, what, what does it mean so th the first thing is uh, why is there such a teaching uh, there's such a teaching because of our natural tendency to to just have faith and belief in a person uh, um, and then whatever the person say then we assume that it must be correct yeah. uh, this statement is opposed to um, so this statement itself is opposed to people based yeah people based reliance whereas the statement itself is principle based you recall in some other classes I refer to Dharma as a pattern a principle so uh, the Buddha's teaching is very unique because in uh, in many cases uh, in many of his uh, contemporary uh, the emphasis seems to be on uh, a bit softer. Is it a bit soft? 
can you all hear me? Uh, okay, so um, I don't know. Uh, one of you, Sam was uh, Sam was mentioning about that there's a change in topic. Is there a change in topic? Uh, well, I, I I was looking at the posting uh, Did we put a topic? Yeah, we didn't put any topic on Was there a change? Huh, Sam? Lock John says locked bef before Shifu switch up the fan. Well, I don't know. Sometimes psychological effect. <laughs> Whether some of you. But anyway, if it works now, it works now, uh, About the topic, I. Uh, well, we we didn't manage to um, get any topic confirmed, so I chose this topic today. Yeah. We discussed a question on 12 dependent arising and Amitabha Pure Land. Maybe Shifu had forgotten. Uh, yeah, maybe you want to drop my memory. <laughs> Was there a topic that I promised to cover? Uh, I mean, I'm okay if, if, if there's a topic that uh, you all want me to cover, I can cover that. Yeah, but um, I, I've been asking people to, to write me uh, topics that you all want me to cover. So far, very few and far to come by. So I have to think of some topics to talk about. Uh, let me search. I, I think Sam did write me. Um, Sam did send me some messages, uh, but it's not. I can't remember whether it was here, but can we can do it? We can always do it. Um, but we don't have so much time for everything, you know. Um, so. I've already started on the four reliance. I'm gonna just finish that, and then if I have time, I will then complete the the. I will also cover the other question that you posted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somehow. Hmm. So anyway, uh, let me just switch back to this. So if Ren, so the first one um, that we should rely on the the truth, the teaching of truth, and not on the person. Yeah. So meaning that um, what's the implication? Implication is that the person may not always be teaching the truth. 
yeah and if let's say um, the the person don't teach according to the Dharma according to the truth then you should reject the person but not reject the Dharma yeah so there must be some way to verify the Dharma no? uh, so whatever is taught uh, the principle that is being taught is what we should rely on yeah that's our refuge yeah? not to take reliance or refuge in persons yeah of course then there's a question of okay then how about the the fact that the teacher actually teaches yeah is the one who teaches us the dharma uh, yes we do re depend on the teacher for the dharma yeah but um, not as an end by itself meaning that if for example your let's let's start off with worldly teachings okay if let's say in school your teacher uh, give you is teaching you mathematics so of course you should learn from a teacher uh, but if let's say your teacher gets some questions wrong some explanations wrong you shouldn't then blindly depend on that and say that because the teacher this person is a teacher and this person gave this explanation then it must be correct no we say uh, if it doesn't make sense then the person is wrong yeah uh, yeah so the 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 fallback the so the the basis is always on the teachings itself whether the teachings itself is correct or not uh, so whatever is taught then is expressed in words yeah um, so the second one is yi yi wen. So uh, this yi yi wen, wen is the text yi is the meaning So uh, when we <coughs> When we learn the teachings, that means here the second line means uh, to understand the meaning and not get stuck with the the phrasing, get stuck with the the text itself, whether it's written or spoken. Yeah. So what is the intended meaning? What what is it pointing to? Yeah. So this brings to mind the teaching on Zhiyue. So the Dharma itself, the words, uh, sentences, the uh, it points, it brings up a certain message. The message points towards the truth. Yeah. So the meaning uh, is what is important, not the lettering and the yeah. So you know sometimes we say uh, by the spirit of the text. So meaning that uh, if you base it on the meaning and not simply on the letter yeah the way is specifically written no? yeah so for example um, when we think about the precepts for example so the precepts let's say the the teaching on uh, uh, right speech yeah or the precept on uh, lying yeah 
so if you rely on the exact phrase itself then the phrasing doesn't talk about um, doesn't specifically talk about uh, new media it doesn't talk about internet yeah but the essence here is any kind form of speech of communication that is untruthful that you intentionally say something that is false yeah uh, so then that is considered lying so then it uh, if you follow the text yeah if you rely on the text itself strictly just by the letter oh, then um, maybe I should also highlight that is the letter itself that means the wording oh, then you can get stuck and uh, as a result the way we uh, the way we uh, understand the teaching the way we apply the teachings can be very constrained yeah and perhaps sometimes we hear people say that the teaching is not uh, applicable in today's life in present day so part of it may be because they are taking it uh, a bit too uh, literal yeah and they forget the spirit of the text that means the intended meaning oh yeah so um ah yes florence you are right last week someone asked about i think somebody asked about the yuan xiao san zhang zhu fan now yeah uh, the one sam lim asked about is actually um, something that he he asked uh, separately in her, in the private message uh, i'll see what i can do oh, i'll see what i can do so um, so the first one rely not on the person but on what is taught but what is taught has the expression of through words and in sentences and then the intended meaning so rely on the meaning not on simply the phrasing the lettering the wording you know? and the third one is yi liao yi bu yi bu liao yi so this is where there are there, there are in general we say what is liao yi so liao yi uh, in the context of the teaching it refers to that which can liberate yeah um, that means that which liberates yeah yeah or that 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 which can uh, elucidate the truth no? uh, versus uh, that which does not no? so there are teachings that um, that is a skillful means no? uh, so then there are those which is like um, really points to the truth so the Four Noble Truth Eightful Path that is Liao Yi uh, what would constitute Pu Liao Yi, Pu Liao Yi? Hmm. so if let's say certain teachings um, I think let's say uh, I don't know whether I should bring this up. Uh. Uh, I think I've heard before that 
the master Ying Sun, master Ying Sun says that the Zhong Guan is Liao Yi, yeah, then Wei Shi is Bu Liao Yi, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Librids, meaning that it points to the truth. Uh, some would not agree. Yeah, my my teacher don't agree with that. That uh, Wei Shi actually points to the truth also. Mm. Um, I think sometimes, uh, yeah. If you look at the the teachings, the the way I understand it would be um, there are there. Are there are, there are the sections in the teachings that go directly and touches onto the, the parts which is like let's say specifically going into uh, the, the ultimate reality yeah like the three universal characteristics and emptiness yeah so these are very crucial then there are certain areas um, which for example in my in my opinion, uh, certain parts like it talk about uh, how uh, let's say um, that certain teachings were were spoken at certain places uh, and so on and so forth. Some people get very stuck with such detail, yeah, and kind of misses the point of the teaching itself, and because the whole part of that sutta is the teaching and not. Uh, not exactly whether it's so crucial to be at this place or that place because if you look at the Pali Canon itself uh, there are many suttas that are spoken uh, almost identically in different places yeah. so one way to look at it is that the Pu Liao Yi part would be uh, details like uh, where is, was it spoken uh, uh, so important part is the content of the teaching or content of the teaching and yeah, so this is to depend on wisdom and not on uh, so this shi this shi um, literally means consciousness But uh, from what I know, this is actually the Wang Shi, the deluded consciousness. Oh. Deluded, sorry, what am I writing? Yeah, deluded consciousness. In other words, our deluded thinking, to rely on wisdom and not on deluded thinking. Yeah. So, uh, this is the Buddhist attitude towards learning, towards uh, the truth. Yeah, I think one of the most uh, unique in Buddhism is the first line, uh, which is that we don't uh, we don't blindly uh, have faith in people. Yeah, that. Uh, we look at what is taught and then examine it as well 
this is the nature of faith in Buddhism. It doesn't mean that we don't have faith pe in people, but we don't have blind faith in people. No. Uh, likewise, it's not that we don't have faith in the text, yeah, in the lettering, in the wordings, but we don't become constrained by them. Yeah, we look at what the teaching is meant to bring out. Yeah. Uh, and then the third one, um, there are various teachings that is being taught, but uh, there are some which is uh, in a way secondary, yeah, but the core, yeah, which is that which liberates, uh, that points to the path, to the fruit, yeah, that is crucial. Uh, and the way we uh, all this culminates is that we, whatever happens, we rely on our wisdom and not on our deluded thinking. Uh, so today's, today's sharing is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, now if you think about this, uh, let me see, uh, make sure that... Um, so if you, if you think about um, today's uh, sharing, right? This can be applied not just in terms of our uh, our learning of Dharma, yeah, uh, but the way we relate to others as well. Oh. Uh, do we? We can ask ourselves as we relate to others. Do we more often um, have faith in people or in principle? In today's society, we are more geared towards, at least Singapore, we are more geared towards uh, having faith in the system. Yeah, system as in uh, processes and structures. Uh, processes and structures. Yeah, not any particular system in mind. Yeah, but in general, today nowadays we depend more on that. So I'll take for example, in the past. In fact, if you if you uh, if you are in a car and you have different individuals of different generations, um, you'll find that people of different generation use different approach to uh, to ask for directions. What I observe is older generation will depend on people. They will say, "Hey." Uh, let's ask the uncle over at this shop. Yeah, so we we'll stop the car and then ask the uncle. We ask people, ask people for direction. Yeah, and whatever direction is given, we have confidence in it and we we'll just follow it. Yeah. Um, so then come the later generation. Uh, from asking people, they rely on the street directory. That's the street directory compared to the people is a shift. Yeah, it's a shift from people to uh, to a structure. Yeah, granted, again, the structure in this case, like the street directory, is actually built up by people also. Yeah, so but it's slowly moving away from people. Then come uh, my generation. My generation is more the street directory actually. Uh, we I grew up with street directories telephone books and stuff. Um, I think my parents' generation, they are more the people-based. Uh, like I, I find myself, 
if I were to call up a, a certain organization, I prefer to have the answering system. Yeah. For English, press 1. And then for this option, press 2. Yeah. Uh, if I can, give me a website. I'll just talk to the computer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in part because you know of our experiences. Yeah. Sometimes I call up certain organizations and they ask for the address and you read to them the address and they just keep getting it wrong. Yeah. Or the, the telephone number. You read to them and then they repeat and then they, you get to go back and forth several times. Yeah. So um, depending on the person's experience and the background, then we may lean more towards the people or towards the principle. Uh, in the case of the Buddha's advice is we should always fall back to the principle itself. <coughs> Newer generations then go have a further change in the medium. Yeah. So not just not street directory but uh, GPS. Uh, then after GPS then we have Google Maps, we have the uh, Apple map, yeah, then we have ways and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, some of these are shift in shift in um, in the uh, what you call that the medium, uh, but in a way, then it's shifting from reliance on one source of information to another source of information. Because if you think about it, we use Google uh, because we trust that Google give us the right one. But over time, we also learn that okay, Google Map may not always be not just Google Map, but all the maps may not always be updated. Yeah, because you know, roads don't usually change, but they do change. And if the rate of change of reality, yeah, the road outside is synonymous to the reality we, we talk about in Buddhism, yeah, like the road to the to enlightenment, yeah. So if the if there's any shift in the roads in the physical world, is it then reflected in the GPS? Is it reflected in the street directory? Street directory is updated the least. Yeah. Uh, how about human? Human then depend on the person's uh, wealth of knowledge and experience. It also re depends on how much the person can remember. Yeah. Uh, also depends on the person's mood. Yeah. Uh, so human beings have some issues in this department. Yeah. Because we tend to have mood. Yeah. Uh, if you ask the uncle, the uncle had lunch in good mood and the uncle maybe even drive you there. Yeah. Show you the way, drive you there, give you two bottles of drinks. Uncle in a bad mood. Uh, or maybe you, when you ask, then the, you ask in a certain manner that, you know, uh, ruffle up the uncle in the wrong way. Then the, maybe the uncle maybe even lead you on the Valkyrie's chase. Yeah. I'm not saying all uncle like that, uh, I'm saying there's the potential for that. Whereas when you use uh, the street directory, the street directory is dead. Yeah. So because it's dead, then it's up to you to be able to read it. And But as long as you are able to read it, it will always give you the same information. So it's reliable in a sense compared to human. Similarly, when you learn Dharma, it depends on the, the person being able to teach you depends on the ability of the person to remember the teachings and so on uh, and also on the person's mood <laughs> yeah, to be very honest uh, but that's where good teachers stand out 
good teachers are able to teach regardless of their mood yeah of course if they are enlightened then no no mood issue yeah, but if they are not enlightened then are they able to overcome their own mood swing yeah uh, maybe something really bad happened are they still able to teach yeah uh, maybe uh, or, or maybe there's some you know karmic uh, past karmic link that is not so good are they able to overcome that and teach yeah so then if you move all the way to to let's say apps uh, most apps treat users fairly equally yeah uh, of course as I'm saying this I come to realize I also realize that um, apps may give uh, what you call it curated information yeah so that's a form of bias and depending on the algorithm it may also tweak what is being presented uh, so best way is to know the the terrain uh, but that may not always be possible uh. And if you look at the second layer, yiwen. So, uh, what is the intended meaning? Yeah, if you follow the instruction to the letter, sometimes it may not always be correct. Yeah. Uh, so, yiwen. Uh, yeah. If let's say you, oh, what happened to the text? Oh. I think sometimes there's the I call it the screensaver and then it shuts off. Yeah, so I think uh, if you go through the text, uh, you can actually apply it in our day-to-day -day life. Huh? Uh, the second one, e e bu the the intended meaning. <coughs> um, I think oftentimes people get stuck with descriptions. Huh? Yeah, the very letter and the words whether in terms of the Dharma, the teachings or again the GPS thing, right? Um, and linked to the third one uh, in a way it's like if the GPS gives you a direction that in this case is wrong yeah, uh, doesn't point you to the <coughs> correct destination or make bring you to a loop, then you shouldn't depend on that. Yeah, it should depend on the one that is correct. You know there are all those horror stories about the GPS saying turn left and then they turn left into a wall. The GPS says go straight for three hundred meters and then drive into a lake. Yeah. So this is taking the instructions too literally without looking at the intended meaning. Yeah. Intended meaning is for you to get to your destination but if it doesn't apply, you have to reassess yeah, and corroborate with reality. Oh. And of course, ultimately, yeah, use your own intelligence, your own wisdom. Yeah. Uh, if we follow anything too blindly, yeah, without using our own wisdom, even GPS can drive us to the lake. Uh, it's three o'clock now. Um, let me see. Uh, uh, what I can remember is there was the question of the Yuan Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Now, 
yeah. Um, I'm going to very briefly explain this. So this is the opening phrase of the <coughs> of the dedication. Uh, so uh, first of all, the the practice of doing dedication is that um, when we do something wholesome, such as learning the Dharma, doing some practices, uh, helping others, and so on and so forth, there's some something wholesome. Yeah, that uh, we call karma. Oh, so there's karma involved. So karma is action, and action can produce results. Yeah, it can have fruits slash results. So fruits would be phala and results would be vipaka mm. so um, from action to fruits then the buddha used the simile of seeds and then plus conditions and it ripens as fruits and results yeah so um, in the case of practices, our cultivation, then we say that um, the seeds are wholesome. The seeds are wholesome. Yeah. Um, and we can say that they are positive. And so, in general, we can call, call this merits. Yeah. That is meritorious. So, here. Whenever we do dedication, it's basically saying, uh, look, we have done something good. What do we want to do with this wholesome, meritorious seeds? Yeah. As far as the, the fruits and the results is concerned, what do we want to do with it? Mm. So in the first verse, Yuan Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan We are saying we want to eradicate all the all the um, defilements yeah, to eradicate all the defilements comprising the three uh, obstacles and what are these three obstacles? Uh, the three obstacles are none other than fun now yeah then Pao, uh, also known as issue oh. so the first one is 
just simply deformants and the second is karma karmic and the third is uh, how should I put it um, rebirth So these three, so these three are known as uh, the the overall classification of of uh, obstacles. Yeah, the three 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 categories of obstacles. Oh. so why are they considered obstacles? In the uh, Water Repentance Puja, it talk about how um, the various kinds of sufferings that we go through uh, so we have a lot of, you know go through samsara suffering so all this can be distilled down into these three categories and these three categories can obstruct uh, they are known as obstacles because they serve as obstacles to those who want to practice wholesome deeds for those who want to aspire towards human heavenly rebirth up to enlightenment those who want to cultivate good wholesomeness want to cultivate want to practice and strive towards enlightenment uh, when they are obstructed they are obstructed by either the defilements arising or karmic actions so karma that is done in the past yeah, and uh, when they do certain actions it obstructs them and lastly, the rebirth that can be detrimental to their practices. Oh. The first one is pretty straightforward. Basically, whatever defilements that arise, if you connect keeping a defilements, being unenlightened, we have defilements. But there's a degree of whether it's strong defilements or weak defilements. And then it's a question of whether you succumb to the defilements, you connect with the defilements that means you agree with it you act according to the defilements yeah you allow yourself to to go along with the defilements so let's say you want to learn uh, buddha dharma yeah but you have strong attachments you have attachments to this attachments to that yeah you have a lot of uh, craving a lot of desire yeah? so maybe Maybe your fellow students don't go along with you. Yeah? That means you want certain things, your fellow students don't go along with you. So don't allow you to have certain things. Then you say, Oh, in that case, I don't learn Dharma. I'm not happy. Or maybe you expect your teacher to do certain things. The teacher don't do. Yeah? No, it doesn't mean that the teacher is wrong. Eh? It's just that you want the teacher uh, you expect certain things from a teacher, but the teachers don't fulfill that. Then you're not happy. Yeah, so it uh, can be uh, because of various things. Yeah. Uh, then, as a result, oh, I don't want to learn anymore. Yeah. I feel so sad. <laughs> uh, then it becomes an obstacle. Yeah. Uh, but the favorite favorite in Chinese Buddhism is this Yezhang. yeah. but actually there's a misinterpretation so many times when we say Yezhang, strictly speaking is talking about 
actions that we have taken that in this life directly impede you. So uh, most prominently the five heinous deeds. Yeah. Uh, so if you uh, commit any of the five, Samu 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 So uh, killing of one's uh, father, mother, killing of an arahant, harming of the Buddha, and lastly breaking up of a, a community that is in harmony. So the first the first three is pretty straightforward. Huh? If you kill uh, your, your parents, if you kill an arahant, uh, that means an enlightened being, uh, these are very heavy, very heavy negative karma. So as a result, in this life, even if you want to learn Dhamma, you can still learn, but you cannot progress. Yeah, because that heavy karma blocks your your mind. Your mind cannot have that uh, have that awakening. Yeah. There are consequences to our actions. Yeah, and this is a very direct one. The fifth one, uh, the fourth one is harming of a Buddha. So you, there's a Buddha and then you try to harm the Buddha. Uh, Buddhas cannot be killed technically by individuals because the, uh, the Buddha, uh, Buddha, by the time you reach Buddhahood, uh, the, 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 the last rebirth is so purified, it, it doesn't have any causal seed for it to be to experience uh, murder. Uh, so at most in the Buddha's time was uh, a, a small piece of stone um, uh, how you call it? cutting the Buddha's toe. Yeah. So that itself is very heavy also. Yeah. So and uh, the, the reason being that you have intent to create harm towards the, the speaker of truth. Yeah. Why do you want to do that? Uh, again, due to defilements, but the intent is to then stop such teachings. So that itself very heavy. Oh. The, the last one, uh, community that is following the teachings, then you go and teach alternative teachings and cause them to split up. Yeah. So here when it's, they say in harmony, is that they are in harmony learning the true Dharma. If they are in harmony learning the wrong Dharma, then you teach the correct Dharma, in a way you are splitting them up. But that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. So it's more specifically that the community is learning the true Dharma, that means practicing, learning the truth, and then you can teach alternative which is not the truth. And some, then they go and follow you, uh, then you are in trouble. Right, because you are leading them away from the truth. So because of these five, in this present life, uh, your attempts to learn Dharma and practice, you should still do that if you happen to fall into this category. But you must know that the heavy karma blocks you. You cannot progress. Not in this life. Yeah. So whatever you do, avoid this life. Because after this life, according to the teaching, uh, then we have the rebirth problem. Rebirth in the Abhijiha. So rebirth in the lower realms is not conducive for learning Dharma, for practicing. In general. Yeah. Uh, it, we can always say that oh the Buddha as a Bodhisattva took rebirth in the 
as animal and the, he was practicing also. Yes, that's true. Yeah, but as a general rule for most people who is just beginning, not conducive. Yeah, too much suffering. The Buddha at that stage is already at a rather high level uh, Bodhisattva stage. Oh. So, rebirth in the heavenly realms is also not conducive because too pleasant. So hard to rekindle, hard to kindle the thoughts of practice, yeah, of uh, renunciation. Yeah, difficult. Uh, how about human realm? Human realm in general is, is much more conducive. There's a bit of uh, everything. So when we see, hear about the teachings of the Four Noble Truth, Eightfold Path, about suf truth of suffering, truth of the cause of suffering, truth of the way leading to the uh, truth of the end of suffering, truth of the way leading to the end of suffering, easier for us to appreciate it. And so easier for us to have that um, that renunciation, yeah, to have that revulsion towards this world, yeah, and move towards some uh, out of samsara towards nirvana. Oh. Uh, so, uh, human rebirth, by and large, better, but certain human rebirth, if you are reborn as a human, but born with uh, defects in the senses, yeah, depending on how severe, then it may impede your learning. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, are reborn in the, as a human, but your rebirth as a human is too good, also not good. Yeah, or you are reborn in a place where there's a lot of war, a lot of chaos, hard to learn also. You may have a lot of revulsion, but no opportunity for you to train your mind. Oh. Lower realms have a lot of suffering, so they know suffering, but they don't have faith in, they, they don't have the, the opportunities to cultivate and train their mind. Oh. So every time when people say, Ye Zhang, actually the uh, the idea is that it's from the past life but if it's past life action then you experience now it should be guobaozang yeah but if but then if we look at what people are referring to when they say ye zhang, ye zhang, many times it's not ye zhang, many times it's fan nao zhang yeah that means you you have um, you have uh, you succumb to unwholesome thoughts. You succumb to your emotions. Yeah? Because of your emotions, then you don't want to learn. You don't want to practice. Uh, this is purely defilements. Fun out some. But knowing is one thing, doing is another thing. Because when we are under the influence of defilements, it's like driving under influence of intoxication. Yeah? Intoxicants, hard to make the right judgment call. Yeah, so we make this very pure, wholesome intent that when we do something wholesome, when we do some practices, then we want to do something with this merit, not to not to just have a better life, not to. So you see, if you just keep on wishing for a better life, when your life in future your life becomes so good you don't want to practice then it becomes obstacle yeah so it becomes ironic you know 
you manage to do some wholesome deeds, then you go and dedicate towards something that obstruct you in future. So here, Yuan Xiao San Zhang Chu Fan Nao. That with these merits, you don't want to use it to enjoy yourself. Yeah? But you want to direct it towards a certain purpose. What purpose? To use it to eradicate these three obstacles. Yeah? Comprising all defilements. Why you call all defilements? Because these are all defilements at different stages. Yeah? The first one is when it's active. Second one is when it has uh, manifest into action. Yeah? That means it's, yeah? Then the third one is uh, the subsequent results. No? Uh, you, want, you want to use your merits in this way. Yeah. Why? Because if you can use it in this way, then in future life, or in future, not just, Buddhism is not just about future life. This life, starting from this life onward, this moment onwards, yeah, that you want to direct it to changing yourself. Yeah. Changing yourself. So instead of just uh, uh, following how you feel, doesn't mean that we don't feel. I mean, we can say, I don't want to feel, but if we feel, we feel, you know. Uh, but to have that clarity of mind. Yeah. And always keep in mind, what do you want to achieve at the end of the day? Yeah. Of course, if, if what you want to achieve at the end of the day is just to do you know, to get mad at people, then that's your choice. But if your intent is to be to be kind, your intent is to be of service to others, to care for your friends and family. Now, a lot of us want to care for our friends and family, but we don't talk about cultivation for enlightenment. Many times we want to care for our friends and family, but we even feel in that. Why? Because we never keep our defilements in check. Yeah, we fail to do that. We we end up following our defilements, following our greed, hatred, delusion, our frustration. Yeah, greed, hatred, delusion, very big terms. Yeah, our daily frustration, big take. You know, big take. <laughs> yeah. So if we follow our big take, our frustration. Not to mention cultivation, we cannot even care for people around us. Our children need a bit of our time, yeah, but we are under stress. Yeah. We allow our stress to overcome us, then we become frustrated, then our children come to us, maybe our attitude is different, our response is different. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is just the opening verse. Yeah. Uh, maybe next week I can cover the rest. Yeah. Um, I feel obliged, uh, I feel obliged to at least touch a bit on what Sam asked. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, Sam did ask me and as I read through the past messages, he texted me uh, privately and then I even asked him for a topic. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I truly forgot. Yeah, I tr truly forgot about it. Forgot it as in like, uh, yeah, forget as in forget. Yeah, no, no, no second way around it. Yeah. So the topic was where is Amitabha Pure Land? Yeah. Uh, and then he suggested a few. Where is Amitabha Pure Land? 
we are suffering N in pure land. It's pure land between samsara and nirvana. Yeah. Uh, so these questions uh, pop up now and then in the in his head when he read the Amitabha Jing every day. Yeah, has been popping up. Mm. So let me just touch on it briefly. Then maybe next week I can touch on it and then complete the rest of the dedication explanation. Yeah, my apologies. Uh, I had I I truly <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> so so earlier today. So like these few days I was still thinking, ah, hot topic, hot topic. Yeah. And then um, yeah, I, I thought about this because my teacher highlighted the four reliance quite a bit. Yeah. So in brief, uh, I can maybe answer some of the questions. So where is Amitabha Pyolan? According to the Amitabha Sutra, it is in the western direction. No? It's in the western direction. Uh, Engwi, yeah, uh, don't mention. I, I, I'm glad that the explanation is helpful. Oh. So it's in the general western direction. Uh, so if you're like me, then I have to ask a question how do we interpret the west? Yeah. So if you consider let's say like where we are in Singapore, then the west would point towards Java, yeah, Sumatra. Because we are then the north would be Malaysia, the south would be Jakarta, yeah, and then the east would be towards Sarawak, then you know other countries towards our east. And if you go further then it goes around the globe because we are near to the equator. Uh, but you know notice that if you go go along what our conventional idea of west is it actually goes in a circle yeah depending on how far away from the equator you are if you're right at the geographical poles then north south east west doesn't mean anything anymore because you can north can mean any direction going up yeah if you're at the south pole north is all direction if you are at the exact physical north, uh, south. If you are at the exact physical north, then south is all direction. There's no east and west. Yeah, think about it, a spear, right? Like, don't ask me why I have tennis ball here. <laughs> so if north is here, south is here, and if you are at the north, then south, where, where is the southern direction? All direction is south, right? All directions is south. So, physically, if you are standing here, this is south, that is south, all directions are south. If you are in the south pole, then all directions is north. Yeah? And if you are at the equator, like where we are, going upwards, yeah? when we say upwards, it's actually, physically, we are looking towards the north. Yeah? So, but it's not a tangential north, it's actually curving towards the north. right? So this is conventional directions. Um, but if we use conventional directions for to inter for understand the, the sutra, then it doesn't make sense. Well, where is that west, right? Because the sutra alludes to how it is like don't know how many billions of 
like world systems away. World systems are not kilometers. Like how many uh, world systems away there is this world system called the the Zilla Yeah, it's a world system, not one planet. Uh. it's a world system. Yeah. So, uh, so, so that's the first first problem with how to interpret the West. And then, if we say, okay, how about with respect to the Sun and the Earth? And so then, how do you know which is the North? Yeah. So to me, I I honestly don't have a, a way to indicate that. Because um, I subscribe to, <laughs> uh, I I don't know how to to determine what the the galactic north is. Yeah, is it with respect? What is it with respect to? You know, uh, directions is all relative. Yeah, directions are relative. So where is Amitabha Bhyanan? If you want to physically find it, then um, uh, we have a hard time to pinpoint is it in the direction of the Andromeda galaxy or Cassiopeia galaxy or is it towards, you know, according to science, there's the, the whole universe and we're in one of the cluster, yeah, galaxy cluster, are we to, is Western Pure Land towards the other side? You know, if you take that as a center and with reference to the usual picture, then we are in the eastern side. Yeah, is that the case? I don't know. Yeah. So another way to understand it is um, that. Uh, so there's two other things. One is in the various teaching, it says that if you are able to purify your mind and attain to jhana, evoke the right vow, then you are able to witness it directly. Yeah. So then you can find out. Okay? Yeah. Then yet another way is to not specifically Western Pure Land, Amitabha Pure Land, but to experience Pure Land. Uh, that one is easier, comparatively. Okay? But not easy also. Easier in the sense, if your mind connects with the Dharma, yeah. So every I want you all to look at your surrounding, okay. Look at all the things around you, and I want you all to find something that doesn't conform with what the Buddha has taught. In the in the sense that like the phone or the computer that you are looking at is it impermanent? Yeah, is it impermanent? is it subject to change? and this impermanence and subject to change subject to conditions um, and not according to your whims and fancy does it incline towards certainty, assurance, or less certainty, less assurance? More control or less control? If it's more uncertainty, 
if it's um, less control then it inclined yeah, towards less assurance then it inclined towards uh, more suffering yeah, it tend towards suffering the lack of control is suffering yeah. and that if you want you all to look around the things around you does it not exhibit all these qualities yeah and lastly uh, or maybe not lastly but the last two is it not um, of an is it worthy to be considered as self in other words is there any inherentness in it yeah if you if your answer is that it's impermanent subject to change subject to suffering is empty in nature is empty of self then everything you see is dhamma isn't it uh, including the good in good events in your life including the bad events in your life all these are bringing up dhamma did all these are manifestations of dhamma including when people praise you including when people uh, say hurtful things including when people are reasonable when, including when people are unreasonable everything in which case then as the teaching goes Sing Jing Guo Tu Jing then every, you are already in Pure Land don't have to look for the outside Pure Land the trouble then we may say oh then in that case I don't have to attend Dharma talk yes in, in fact if you are able to do this consistently then in a short time I think you will be enlightened you don't have to attend Dharma talks you don't have to but you will find that you delight in attending Dharma talk yeah because it's a teaching of truth yeah and you resonate with the truth directly it's no longer hearing what people say yeah but you so you don't have to if you can do it consistently and resonate and connect in that way no more dharma talks for you or no more need for dharma talk for you but you will find that you attend dharma talks even more more uh, vigorously yeah and you will want to do that because you want to support the the teaching of dharma yeah then no question of pure land no? now as to the other question is pure land between samsara and nirvana that before next week okay that's up Yen Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Lao Yen De Zhi Hui Zhen Ming Liao Pu Yen Zui Zhang Xi Xiao Chu Shi Shi Chang Xing Pusa Dao Amitofo Chi Li